is Short-Term Rental Management. The show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. We did it. We have arrived. We've made it. It is official. It is uh, the best-looking group I've ever had on the uh, the short-term management, short-term rental management show. Uh, and uh, it's an honor to be in, in the presence of greatness. You guys are all fantastic, uh, accomplished hosts. Uh, and today we're going to talk about 2023 pricing. We are recording this in the middle of January. Um, so we've got an entire year ahead of us uh, to fill with hopefully quality guests. Um, and uh, we're going to focus primarily on pricing today. Um, so uh, introduce yourselves quickly and uh, give me a brief rundown of your properties, uh, where they are, size, square footage. I'll start, I'll start on the uh, top of my screen, which is uh, Mr. Tim. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I'm Tim Grillo. Uh, I actually live in the Smokies, but we have properties in both Smokies and Gulf Shores. So in the Gulf Shores, we have two uh, one-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath uh, condos that are beachfront, a small, like 750 square foot each. And in the Smokies, we've got a... Two, two, a three, two, a four, three, and a six, five. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many is that total? Four, four in the Smokies. <laughs> four in the, uh, four in the Smokies. Like four, three, and a two. Is that uh, how, what were they again? Two, two. Yeah. Three, two, four, three, six, five. All right, one of each. <laughs> yeah, one of each. Get Except right a little baby. One. We're gonna get a. We're getting a baby one this year. We're gonna okay. buy a little. So. Love uh, it. Uh, the condos are they in the same building? Yes, actually next door to each other in the same building. Do you find that to be advantageous having them next door to each other or, or it wouldn't matter as if uh, were, you know it, it it's it probably doesn't matter. It's uh, a little sexy for us, you know, cuz they're right next door and you know from a management standpoint there's little things that are nice. Uh, you know, we share, you know, cleaners and handy people and stuff like that, but if they were right down the road from each other it wouldn't really make any difference. So but yeah, it's just like playing Monopoly. You got the two greenhouses. Uh, red, well, with condos too. With condos too, you kind of you kind of need to know the building and the management and HOA and all that kind of stuff. So having multiple from for us is nice there because you know we know the building well. So wonderful. Uh, you also have long term rentals. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we may dabble in that conversation as well. All right, Joe. Uh -huh. Where are you uh, physically located, and uh, where are your properties, and what are they? Yeah, so uh, Joe Prilliman, I live here in Carolina Beach, North Carolina. Um, we've got 10 doors, 10 short-term rentals here in Carolina Beach, um, another six up in Banner Elk, North Carolina. And the largest one we have is a three-bedroom, three-bath up in Banner Elk. So majority of my portfolio is two-bedroom units, um, all the way down to some one-bedroom and a, even a studio. The Banner Elk deal is uh, consecutive units. Yes, is uh, it's almost what we would maybe consider a boutique hotel type situation. Or uh, can you describe that one to us briefly? Yeah, it'd be similar to that. It's just um, essentially it's six condos, but it's the entire complex all the way down one line on kind of the side of a mountain. And so got two large units on each side and then two or four two bedroom, two bath units in between them. And there's actually a, a seventh ADU on site as well. What is the ADU? It's just a, an additional unit that's similar or uh, just built separately? Yeah, just built separately. It's underneath one of the units, actually. And it's a little, uh, it's like a 300 square foot studio. And we have a, actually a full-time on-site person who lives there. Can you uh, separate these and sell them individually? Mm -hmm. Yep. They're individually platted. They've got their own utilities, whole nine yards. You can, uh, we close them each individually as individual condos. And so you can sell them off if you want. Um, but we just did the whole thing. 
Why not? Why not townhome? It seems like maybe a, a townhome situation. Does uh, is the dirt owned by an HOA or uh, how does it? Why is it not townhome versus condo? So we do actually own the dirt. It's interesting. It is a essentially it is a townhouses that are just labeled as condos. And okay, so maybe it's a, been, is it a pud uh, of sorts or just I'm overthinking I, it. I don't know what a pud is. Okay, a planned <laughs> urban. Uh, I believe it's planned urban urban development. Is that how? I'm, is that right, Reagan? Uh, unit 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 not urban okay yeah especially in there you go in in the areas we're working in Um, so we do have a larger oh go ahead uh so it's basically where you own like just the land like beneath like the structure nothing like around it as a pod yeah yes i believe that's true you own the dirt underneath the four walls and that's it Uh, i own right away but not yeah yeah you get a you get an easement yeah there you go uh, and then the That's rest of it is owned by the HOA. Uh, I have one of huh. those. I do too. I have one as well. And uh, this whole time I did not know it was a unit. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, Carolina beaches. All right. Wonderful. And then, so Reagan, where are you physically and Hi. your properties? Hi, Reagan Natho. I'm the little fish in this big sea with all these people with all these properties. But um, I live in Sevierville and um, I have a three bed, four and a half bath in Gatlinburg. Wonderful. And I, I guess Reagan says she's a little fish, but she's like the most organized out of all of us. She's definitely, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're the reason I'm using touch today, by the way. Uh, and um, it's, I love it. It's awesome. Um, Life changing. I'm Luke, by the way. So uh, I uh, I own eight short-term rentals and a whole bunch of other stuff that we're not here to talk about today, but uh, own the longest running Airbnb in the Smoky Mountains, have uh, about 4,000 reservations uh, on my resume. Uh, I do have properties in the Smokies, five, uh, and uh, Emerald Coast of Florida. I have, uh, what, uh, three, four, four? Yeah, three, three, yeah, um, eight total. So uh, lovely to have everybody here as we talk about... Uh, 2023 pricing. And we're, again, recording this in the almost, I guess, the third week now of uh, January. My first question is, guys, uh, in no particular order, whoever wants to take charge here, uh, do we even care anymore about January and February? Is it, uh, is it too late to, to worry about January and February bookings? Uh, and, and also, uh, where do I, as you know, relating January and February in general to possibly even next year, when, when do you take charge on, on these two months that we're living in right now? I'll say, you know, I think for January and February, I don't think it's too, it depends on the property. You know, if you've got, uh, you know, a big one right now, you're probably not going to, you're probably not looking at getting a whole lot of last minute bookings, but little ones, you know, you can still get people popping in, you know, wanting to grab a couple of days here and there that could still happen. It depends on how, where you book. If you're, if your weekends are all already booked, you know, the, the, the odds of getting your weeks filled in are a little slimmer, but it could happen. Uh yeah, I kind of have my weekdays at my bottom dollar. And if they book, great. That's just going to be icing on the cake. But um, like it, for any dates I have open, but like I'm fine with them not. So. And, and Joe, yeah, your market's a little bit different than, than what I'm used to anyway. Um, so what, what do you have happening over there in, in Carolina? It's funny. It really depends on the weather. So if you're looking at Banner Elk, if there's randomly snow in the forecast, my whole week is going to fill up and that's going to fill up last minute. Um, And so if you can, you can jump those prices a little bit, but most of them um, weekdays, it's bottom dollar on there and our weekends are filling for Banner Elk. Carolina Beach, it's similar. If it's going to be a warm week, they'll fill up, Um, but it also just depends on the property, like their beach properties. And so it's Memorial Day to Labor Day is kind of our 
time we're going to crush it. And everything else is really just kind of a bonus here in the off season. Yeah. At the risk of sounding like uh, a broken record here and you're, if you're not booked, your prices are too high because that's, you know, it's repeated uh, endlessly in this business, in this asset class. Um, in my opinion, it is a little too late for January and February, uh, even on a smaller property, you will fill up a little bit on a, like a little one bedroom, two bedroom in my markets uh, because you can't charge so little. Um, you're probably not going to fill up on something four or five bedroom. I have toyed with the idea of why not rent my, uh, you know, why can't I lower my price and, and change my number of people on a five bedroom to, you know, maximum of four people and then compete with a two bedroom with my five bedroom. Has anybody ever thought of, of, of going that direction? I, I know Tim, you've got some larger properties. Is that ridiculous to, I guess the downside there is two things. You'd have to manually change the number of people that you're uh, accepting. And you can only, you can't do that for a period of time to my knowledge. And maybe if, maybe if you're using owner res, and then also uh, I think the downside and the reason why probably the reason why people don't do that is because you know, you're going to get some wear and tear on a big, beautiful home. Uh, but at the same time, why let it sit empty? Why can't I just market it to, to two people in a sleeping in a bigger property? You know, we've, we've talked about it, but we've never done it. We actually talked about putting a, the way ours is our big one is you could put a door in and block it off. And we actually talked about doing a separate listing uh, for that, but we've, we have not done it. I've not done it just because you're focused elsewhere. Haven't had the time or, or haven't had the time. And honestly, that one's pretty new that we just got it going. So we kind of wanted to see, you know, what a full year is going to look like uh, before we, you know, really start optimizing to that level. You know, Reagan, I feel like, uh, sorry, I feel like Reagan, you're probably the voice of reason here. Uh, how big is your property again? And have you ever considered something like that? I'm a three bed, so I haven't really considered that. Um, yeah, I sleep eight people in the three beds. So it stays pretty consistently booked. Um, but I guess like, so thinking about like logistics wise, like, could you make a separate listing where like it was only available for X amount of time at that, you know, at that people count and then just block your other listing with the higher people count for like the amount of time? Why can't Price Labs comes out come out with a new? How about Price Labs? Please pay attention. Come out with a new customization where uh, if I want to rent my my three bedroom, like Ray, Reagan, let's take Reagan's three bedroom. Let's say I want to rent that to two people. It's less money than it is for six people, eight people. Now, technically, you can do that on Airbnb and Verbo and Price Labs. You can charge more per person, but that's where it gets real sticky. Because somebody that actually wants to rent this thing for the purpose it was built for, eight people, is going to get confused. Um, so I think there is a lot of room to expand. Uh, I believe this would probably be coming from Price Labs would be the uh, best place to do that uh, into the uh, number of people. We'd have a ton of minimum night stay customizations. Why can't we have more minimum, minimum people customizations? I think that could definitely help out in the slow season. Joe, have you ever thought of this? So we do a similar concept for Banner Elk one. So we've got one large parent listing where we can have the entire thing rented out with 28 people and then the individual ones underneath it that are run as smaller units. And so they're all individual freestanding units so people can book it. And when they book it, it blocks out the other listing. Um, but bringing it like, down- You have separate listings though, right? You have mm -hmm, a separate like, yeah. listing for each, like one for the parent and then one for each of the children. Correct. That's exactly how we have it set up. And so we have that one actually set up much 
farther in the future. So we can get weddings, larger groups. And then when it does book, it blocks out the small ones. And then the small ones come through and kind of, if they start filling up, it blocks out the big one. Um, and so we haven't done it from a even smaller level, I guess, if we take like our three bedroom and broke it up into, okay, now it can have two people in it. Um, I could see problems running into like with cleaning fees. Cause you'd have to have like your cleaning fees automatically update on, unless they're coming in and using the whole place just with less people. But if you're trying to block out like a little section of it, I know a lot of our um, competition, at least they have lower cleaning fees in those smaller units. And so like more people are kind of gravitating towards those, but no, having a, uh, haven't really broke it down into uh, the beach market though, or how that would really work well. I think it's like a great idea. But your cleaning fee really couldn't be any less because you know guests are going to use the whole house. You know, like that's just what people do. You know, they're going to go right and everything. So let's put let's put let's put locks on the doors. Keep asking. Okay, my um, landlord in college tried to do that, and the first thing we did was Jimmy opened the the lock to the, <laughs> the lock bedroom, and that was the the one everybody crashed at whenever they stayed at our apartment. So. Yeah. College rentals, uh, not what we're talking about, but uh, they are interesting, man. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some room for improvement there. I do. I, I mean, I don't know that it can totally revolutionize your your property uh, and your gross income, but I think it could definitely help uh, when it comes to these ultra slow seasons. Uh, again, most of us luckily are not really dealing with a huge period of time of slow season, which is great. Um, but But let's talk about that briefly. You know, I mean, Avery talks about it all the time. Of course, Avery Carl, uh, the the, uh, the the boss. Uh, and in some markets, it's great to have some downtime. And I think that that's something that most people uh, don't take into consideration. Man, I really like the mental break. Like, gives me, I, I, I find myself looking, spending more time looking at property um, in slow season. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, mine are going to get busy soon. So I better hurry up and get something under contract because I'm going to have to, I'm going to forget all, I'm not going to have the time when busy season comes in like a month, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, Tim, tell me about that. You're in Gulf Shores. Do you, do you enjoy having a break or, uh, you know, talk to me as far as a, a newbie perspective on a, a year round season versus not. Yeah, absolutely. Like having the break, um, Gulf Shores has been, it's a little different for us again with them being small on beachfront. Our break is actually kind of November, December, um, January and February actually stay pretty busy there. Uh, in those units uh if you were you know a bigger bigger property that a row or two back it's going to be different but uh but no the, the break is definitely great that's usually we actually usually go down there and spend some time and you know do some you know fix up those things get they get ran hard during the summer i mean they get they are 100 occupied you know like joe said you know labor day and memorial day those things are cranking so it's you know they need a little love in the off season and uh that's that's kind of what we do with it yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, and you're right. These things are going into battle, you know, um, and we're going into battle too. And they're like, uh, they're soldiers in our, in our rental, uh, portfolio. And, um, it's nice to take a little breather. So that leads me to more on the same subject, which is the psychology of slow season, you know, especially for a noob, if I'm a noob listening to this call and I'm sitting there and I just bought a house last month, say in the Smokies, uh, all three of the four of us have properties there. Two of you live there. Um, you know, I'm sitting there saying, oh, my God, I, I made a mistake. I'm never going to get booked. How do I handle with the psychology of, of the whole thing? Yeah, you really need to go into it kind of being a little bit conscious of when you're going to close and when slow season is. You know, if you're going to 
if you're going to close on a property, you know, end of December, or January, you really need to have some money set aside, you know, as you get rolling and you get into, uh, you know, next year, or whatever, you'll have reserves built up, you know, uh, profit first is a whole nother conversation, but having, so you'll have some money set aside uh, for the slow season. It won't be as big of a deal, but first year you you kind of, you know, and that's a great, great thing to talk about with your agent about is uh, you know, what the expectation should be going into, you know, when you're, when you're going to close on the property, because it can vary drastically. Which leads 100%. me to, yep. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, it's a hundred percent. It's like whenever you're listing something in the off season, um, I mean, our goal is to roll as many people as we possibly can through. And so we're not even really concerned about making a profit on those ones. We're trying to just get heads and beds and five-star reviews is the only thing we care about because that's, what's going to help us push our higher returns throughout the years. Cause we're buying this for a long period of time. And so I really want to set that foundation first. And so like Tim said, having those adequate cash reserves so you can cover some of that and doing everything you can to fill it, but understand that we're not printing money first week. And there are guests that will seek that out. Um, my brother, for instance, years ago, I remember he called me and he said, uh, uh, we're coming to visit you. I was living in Tennessee and uh, we're coming to visit you. We booked an Airbnb and this was a new thing back then, you know, um, and uh, and we booked we booked it was brand new. It was brand new on Airbnb and they gave us a discount because they just listed, you know, and he was like all jazz. Like he, does he really he, talk he, like that? Uh, no, uh, no, I don't even know what I was talking like, but he talks a lot like me. We are brothers. Um, but uh, anyway, so, um, you know, there, there are people that will seek that out. I mean, hell, you could even do that if you're not brand new. Of course, they might see through that. Wait a minute. This isn't a new listing special. You got 78 reviews, you know, uh, but uh yeah, I mean, you, you know, you gotta you gotta list it low when you're brand new, right? Uh, what what else are you gonna do if you don't have any reviews? Nobody's gonna believe that your property's any good, you know. So, um, common sense, I suppose. Um, how far in the future are you guys available right now? Uh, mid middle of January again, and do you? I vary it through the year, but I'd love to hear your perspective on. Uh, do you set your calendars at six months, twelve months, uh, custom? How do you do it? I do six. Uh, for why uh, do you not have a reason it's okay if you don't no um I used to set it at a year thinking that like people would be vacationing like in December be like oh man like I want to go there again next Christmas and so like I would set it at a year so that people would maybe take advantage of that but I never really booked out that far and you know with as fast as things can change I just don't like being open too far ahead just in case I need to tweak something or something's not right. Or there's always like a miscommunication between listings and your channel manager and stuff like that. And so just trying to not, I guess, open myself up to so much um, possibility for there be, to be a mistake. You feel so. comfortable there at the six months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe, where are you at? So I do a little custom. Um, we typically like to open everything from like Memorial Day to Labor Day. So all the way down to Labor Day, really between like Christmas and New Year's, because that's when everyone's just kind of sitting there looking at their phones. And uh, from there, I always like to price it high personally. And so for me, like I'm trying to really fall in that sweet spot about two, two and a half months out. And that's kind of the main thing we do. So we do it seasonal, but we base it off of when we think people are really coming and then kind of halfway through the summer, we'll start opening up the rest of the year. And Tim, where's your calendar right now? So it, it again, varies a little bit per property. Um, the bigger one, we're still experimenting with that. Uh, we do have that one open a year. 
um, just on the kind of thinking that with it, you know, it sleeps a lot of people, um, that people will plan ahead a little further for that. Uh, the smaller ones are in the six to nine month range, depending on the property a little bit, but that's kind of, that's where we are. We do use the price labs feature too, of, um, far out pricing and where you can bump it up a little bit. And so you can go in there and customize, you know, uh, you know, if it's further out than X amount of days, you can put X percentage on top of the normal price labs price. So we do use that feature as well. I agree. Yeah. I also use that occupancy based adjustments on price labs too, that can kind of help you out. So if it sees that you're, you know, super booked three months out, it's going to start bumping up your prices so that you don't, you know, accidentally take, you know, too low of, Something something Reagan said too earlier uh, about a reason not to have it open too far out is uh, just the hiccups in the road with all the all the softwares. Um, we have had stuff hit recently of, you know, stuff that was open way far out and it got booked way cheap because of hiccups with, you know, certain certain booking softwares <laughs> that we had to we had to we had to reverse. Uh, so that that can be a pain. And that's another reason to not maybe have it booked out too far you know, or open too far. So. I actually do a little bit of a hybrid. I, I So on my Airbnb and Verbo, I select the all future dates button. Um, it's slight, slightly different name on Verbo, but that's what it's called on Airbnb, all future dates. And then what I do is I go in my management software and I block dates that I don't want to rent. The reason I do it this way is because if you do six months or 12 months, you pick you know on Airbnb and Verbo uh, a period of time, every day a new day rolls open. Um, and then I, I, I've gotten caught with my pants down a few times on uh, major holidays where, it, you know, like, let's say it's the day after Christmas. And then next thing you know, somebody books next Christmas for next to nothing. Um, and, and again, there's there's other ways to, to fix that besides what I'm talking about. I'm sure what Reagan's doing is making sure future dates are high. You can also create seasons. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring the season thing back up here in a minute because I do use seasons, especially for huge holidays uh, like Fourth of July and, and uh, Christmas. But um this time of year, I'm, I do a custom calendar all year, if you will, uh, with the all future dates. And then I'll go in and block whatever dates that I don't want to book. And you got to block all the way like to 2025, 2026 on your management. So this will be done on your management software. So right now I'm available through um, second week of November. Uh, was that calculated? Yeah, to a certain extent. Um, I figure, you know, I don't really need to bother dealing with Thanksgiving right now. It's so easy to book high dollar vacation uh, week. I don't really want to bother with it at the, at this point in time. Um, it's probably too early for, in my opinion, to be, to be dealing with next, next year's major winter holidays. Now, that being said, if you are open that far in advance, nothing wrong with that. There's no reason why you can't be open that far in advance and just price your property high. That's one strategy, if you will. I just don't want to physically, I just don't want to actually deal with it in my life. You know, like it's, I'm not ready to be booking next year's holiday guests. Um, so I just have it not available. I do have the fourth available. I did slowly creep that open, right? So what I did was um, I, I don't let my my March uh, open up until like uh, mid de mid December-ish. I mean, hell, I've even had March blocked until all the way up until maybe even the end of January at times. Uh, but I did open it a little earlier this year um, and uh, and I opened, I opened all the way up until the end of June. And then I went, waited another month or so. And I opened up uh, J July and August and September. And then I said, you know what? Screw it. I might as well all go all the way until the middle of November because 
um, you know, uh, first two weeks of November are kind of hard to book. Nobody really wants those dates that much. Uh, so um, uh, that's kind of where I put it for right now. I, I kind of toy with it. I play around with it based on mostly, I suppose, um, how, how much I want to I deal with it, you know, uh, because if you have those high dollar desirable days available, there's not much room for error. You know, if your 4th of July is available right now and your prices are not right, you can you can get burned. Um, I was in a situation. Speaking of the holiday, or yeah, go, go ahead. Now, I was gonna say on holidays, you know, exactly to that point, I do go in price labs and, you know, select a pretty long, you know, whatever it is, a seven day window or whatever, like around the 4th of July and put a, you know, five night minimum on it or whatever, you know, it's, it can vary and up the prices. You know, I do that quite a bit ahead of time and uh, I'll have. Are you, you doing know, this with a manual block or are you creating a season? Uh, I do it manually in price labs where Black I just, uh, uh, I do it in price labs where you, where you just click on the dates yeah. and then it, you, you just set up a customization. I do it. I like using the percentage base, you know, so I, I'll up it, you know, again, depending on what it looks like, it could be 30, 40%. And then, uh, then that just kind of usually holds it out, you know, that pretty well blocks it off. And then as it gets closer, you know, if you need to reel that in to get, to get, to get a book, you can do that. Joe, why are we laughing over here? I'm, uh, I'm laughing because it's, you're laughing. It's the... It's the exact same way I do it, but yeah. uh, I think I'm the only person who doesn't uh, allow Price Labs to be connected to everything that I have, and so oh, you we don't look use at Price it all Labs the time. On some of your properties, I look at it all the time, but I don't have it. I, it does not have control. We actually manually do it on ours. Really? I so, know. I'm the I'm the black sheep of the Explain group. Explain to me what what are you talking about? So you have it connected, and but you don't. I don't understand. What are you getting at here? So we just log into Price Labs and you can see like what the prices they would have it set with the settings you had, but I don't give it full control over the individual listings. And so we look at it still so we can see what they would suggest from more of a percentage standpoint. And then um, I just feel like we have better returns with our enemy method and our spreadsheets. And so we and do it all data. manually. Yeah. Historical, historical data. data. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's now. savage. That's savage level stuff. Dude, this is I got burned. I got burned. I got burned doing this. All right, too. we got so much to unpack here. I mean, first of all, why would you? This is a lot of work. What? what, what why'd you get burned? What happened? I got burned whenever uh, the COVID craze hit because all my stuff was booking out at my super high prices because I booked them too high to begin with, and then I found out my neighbors were getting double my price. Um, but I made up for it a little bit when kind of some of the COVID craze started to go away, and we were able to recognize that earlier. So we cut our prices quicker, and we're able to fill our units. And so it was uh, it was very interesting. But we were able to notice it, but Price Labs would have saved us on some of that big uptick initially. Okay, wait a minute. So it would have saved you, but you don't use it? I'm confused. It would have saved us for that one specific instance, okay. but I feel like we're still getting higher returns. So what you're saying without here having is it automatic. you have it hooked to your property, you're just not syncing, and you're using it as basically another form of enemy methoding. That's it to the T. Wow, we got so spreadsheets, you, the whole nine yards. Are you pricing both Airbnb and Verbo separately? Uh, so we just do all the pricing on the management software, and okay. then we have uh, Verbo bumped up a little Which bit just because the fees What's are a little higher. What's your management software? I'm still using IGMS. Well, there's nothing wrong with IGMS. Uh, I just did a podcast I on. on uh, I I love it. It's great. It's the OG. Uh, <laughs> the OG the, baby. I'm there. They were the very first one to get the Verbo inbox integration. You know, and uh, at least to yep. my knowledge, and and I used it for years. I think it's. I still think it's great. Um, so that's fascinating, fascinating. So again, what we're talking about here is property management. 
that's where I think people don't realize you're a freaking yep. property manager. How, what I got to hit you over the head with a, a used uh, burned up two by four from the house that you own to make you understand that you're managing a property here and Joe is doing it his way. Obviously having ridiculous amounts of success and it's working for him. Wow, that you just blew my mind. If you like what you're hearing, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, you can join me on a live weekly call to talk about your next short-term rental or ask questions about the one you already have. I am live once per week on Zoom and would love to have you come and say hello. It's strquestions.com. That's strquestions.com. Come and join us. Reagan, did you have a, a point that... <laughs> I was just, I can't believe you're updating all of that, like manually. Like oh, it's wonderful. My mine. wife and I, we have like a big meeting every year and we go through it. We're like, okay, what are these weekends they could do? And then, uh, yeah, we I manually uh, really do the communication updates. skills. I like this. Oh my goodness. Marriage. All right. So, um, wait a minute. Uh, that, we need to do a podcast on that. We will. Uh, it's just happening. Um, but you didn't hear that from me. Uh, anyway, uh, and Tim, I'll have you on that one. I mean, who knows that one might be tough, uh, to get the right guests, but anyway, where was I? Oh, so do you feel more confident that you're going to have less mistakes by doing it this way? Is that why you're doing it that way? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it keeps us comfortable on it. Like we feel like we can do the price a little better and we can kind of see the market a little bit quicker than other people. And, uh, we like to get premium prices for our units cause we're, I mean, we have the nicest units on the island. Like that's yeah. our goal is we're, we're trying to kill it. And we want the people who are willing to pay that price. And we have less problems with guests. We have happier guests. We get better reviews. Um, I don't want something else going in there and cutting my prices and then having someone in there that trashes my place when I've spent all this time to make it as nice as I can. Perfect example uh, to uh, back up the reason why you're doing it this way, I think, uh, is, is because what, what happened to me recently... I uh, I priced my my big beautiful beach house uh, in the middle of like the first of January, right right there, you know, second week of January, uh, a little low to try and get a little traction, and I didn't look at it for about ten days, and I went and looked at it, and the whole freaking summer booked in like nine days, and I had to go through these reservations, and uh, I was like, dude, some of these are way too low so i think uh what you're saying is a foolproof way uh, albeit maybe a little bit difficult way to prevent that from happening um and be careful with that guys if you're sitting there saying oh my god i'm not getting any bookings uh what did i do i got myself into this house it's never going to make any money take it from me i priced it a little low just to get it get some attention a week later i come back and the whole summer was booked i ended up having to ask several people to cancel um it worked out okay i did my math and uh uh it was it was like 122 days booked in literally like a week um and yeah it was pretty rough i ended up with 100 and uh off the top of my head i uh, don't quote me on this but it was like maybe a hundred and hundred seven thousand dollars uh in that 120 something days so my my you know this is a big beautiful house so my price per night was pretty spot on but there was three or four uh, these, for whatever reason, they were all in April where I had to go in and, and say, um, I'm sorry, uh, I'm going to need to ask you to cancel. I was able to get all three of them to cancel. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, 
to give you some hope. Uh, and I think Reagan, you mentioned something about being very well booked right now too. Uh, so uh, where, where are you at? Yeah, I have been. Um, I actually am a hundred percent occupancy for January, which I've never been. I don't think I've had that all year to be honest. And um, so I kind of, I know that we're talking about spring, but I'm going to kind of go back to the January, February thing. So I've been working on trying to get January booked since November. So making sure, you know, looking at what the other properties around me are booked at and um, trying to be, you know, have super, super competitive rates over the nuts I knew that were going to be slow. And, you know, it's worked out in my favor. I've, I've booked well. I, I'm really happy with the gross, you know, per month that I'm doing. So I'm really happy with that. So. All right. So wait a minute. Hold on. hundred percent. This is Smokies. One hundred percent booked on a three bedroom in January. January. I think there's a lot of people out there that want to know that did that. Um, I mean, that's what I did though. genuinely like, and like in November, early November, started looking at my enemies and, um, wanted to make sure I was priced really competitively, you know, with everybody around me and, um, just kind of, you know, paid really close attention to what they looked like and they just kept booking and I kept taking reservations. What about, uh, headlines and descriptions? Uh, were, did you find your enemies were still focusing on, uh, the, the time at present time and you, did you push your descriptions and your lit, your titles? For so I don't really do that. Like, yeah, not really. I just, you know, highlight, you know, the, my properties, good attributes. I have a three all King suites, you know, property. So I just highlight those things real simple, easy to, to read description and, or like, um, like headline, you know, for my, for a property, I don't really go in and, and do much like as far as changing the description in my listing for, you know, per type, you know, time of year, I just keep it what, you know, short, sweet, simple. This is what you're getting. Take it, you know. That's cool. I do. I do. I change my description, my headline, usually my headline uh, based on not necessarily time of year, but I change them up quite a bit. I, I like that evergreen way you're doing it there uh, because I will say that, it, you know, again, back to the not looking at my prices for nine days, there is more than I would care to admit where I go look at my description and it says, uh, you know, uh, Halloween special and it's already Christmas uh, because I just forgot, you know, so. Uh, very interesting that you're doing uh, the evergreen because then, but well, everybody always talks about algorithms. So if you're never changing your description, are you changing it a little bit, just not making it season specific or? Yes, I go in and like, I'll add a word, delete a word, you know, every once in a while in the listing. Um, I also like to go, I don't know if it does anything for the algorithm, but like, I like to go into Airbnb, you know, they're, they've been changing things a lot, you know, since early in the year. So I just go in and I click through all of the settings just to make sure there's nothing new, nothing I don't have marked that I could have marked, like for a, a amenity that they've added, you know, in the search. And so about once a week, I'll just go through and, you know, it takes me a couple minutes and I'll just click through all of the settings and just make sure I'm happy with where everything's at. Um, I did, I do think that, like from an algorithm standpoint, like the best way to get your property boosted in the algorithm is to do like a price, you know, something with your pricing, like obviously like, you know, tweaking your listing kind of makes you show up on their, you know, their radar, but really the pricing, I think is really what gets you the boost, at least for Airbnb is what I've noticed. So, um, so a lot of times when I have, you know, some, I know, I know I'm going to have a guest checkout. So I'm hopefully going to have a review in the next couple of days. So I'll go in and if I have some open dates, I'll drop them to my, my bottom dollar. Hopefully they'll get it booked and then it'll boost me in the algorithm. And then other dates start to fill in. Um, just something I've noticed. 
Wow. Wow. You guys are all blowing my mind. Let me go around the room real quick. Uh, not, not to start. I'm not starting an argument here. Just to want a little bit of perspective. Is that a Stanley mug? I love those things. Um, yeah. Uh, beautiful. A uh, little perspective. Uh, Tim, start with Tim again. You're, you're on the top of my screen. Uh, Airbnb versus Verbo, your personal preference. Again, not starting a war here. Just get a, a little perspective. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I love them both. I mean, okay. they're definitely different. Uh, you know, the verbal guests tend to be older, uh, that, and I, I hate even saying that, but it tends to, it's been around forever. That's all, I mean, that's it. So and, you're 50, 50, give or take. Yeah. And we okay. really, I, we're to the point now where we're getting booked about 50, 50. Okay, uh, great. Uh, Joe, do you have a preference? It used to be very diehard Airbnb. And now I'm saying about 60, 40, 60, 60 40 Airbnb. Airbnb. 40%, okay. Reagan, yeah. where are you? I don't really have a preference, but I'm also, I've worked really hard to get that 50-50 ratio of Verbo to Airbnb, and I'm real happy to have it. Um, so I'm, right. I don't know. Okay. I don't think really have a All right. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's talk major holidays as they start to approach. Um, uh, do, do you guys have a lot of March, April action uh, thus far? Uh, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're on the beach there, Joe. Uh, and, and Tim, you're also on the beach, uh, much, uh, spring break action yet, or are we still waiting on that? Uh, it's starting to hit for me. We, uh, major, you know, I'm sure they all have this, but Gulf Shores has a lot of, uh, events on the beach. Uh, there's a bar down there called the hangout and hangout fest and there's music festivals. And those are starting to book at pretty high prices already. Um, so we've already had that stuff hitting and spring breaks just starting to trickle. You have a strategy there. Do you just keep it super high and wait till they, uh, you know, dangling a carrot kind of thing, or how do you do it? Uh, Price Labs does a pretty good job of keeping on top of that. Um, and I'll be honest, the the events, our first couple of years, we really like tried to like keep track of when they were and where, where you know, all that. And I don't know, it was, it was a lot to keep track of. And we just kind of found like we'd get a booking and it was really high. And we're like, what's what's the reason? And we'd start like Googling what's going on that weekend and we'd find out there's something going on. And Price Labs already had it marked up really high, you know. Okay. Uh, it's so, a fine line between this thing uh, completely taking over your entire life and never making any money, isn't it? Uh, it's yes. like it's somewhere right in the middle. Uh, uh, Joe, how are we doing on the holiday, the uh, the upcoming, uh, you know, Easter-ish uh, spring break? I keep them so high that uh, I'm getting just a very few trickles just right now. Just a couple now, nibbles. So. Mm, a couple nibbles. And it's mainly just because, like, those dates are going to book. And so are, I right? like to keep those high all the way up through, even coming up to, like, even three weeks beforehand, because if everybody here, else, but like, are you trying to say in your market in your, can you pick your own price? I mean, what are we looking at? You can't pick your own price. No, it's down between the units too. And it's more of, I just want to hold out for the person that's willing to pay a little bit more for it. Um, Cause there's always that one person that wants to do it, but um, we'll start lowering the prices as they get through. And we, I like to drop them a couple dollars at a time too. Of like nothing major of just like, just enough to like kind of, hit a couple things out there in the algorithm and um, we found some good success with that. And so I will say I, I play a little closer to the edge than most. Um, we're normally <laughs> in that three to four week range. He's a rebel ladies. And... Look out, look out. I, I mean, I've, I've raised my prices and gotten a couple yeah. of bookings from doing it in the past. Uh, I had that the other day where I, I raised my prices quite a bit actually and got a booking in, in five minutes, whether it was related or not, I can only assume. Uh, Reagan, how are you looking for uh, March, April right now? Yeah, I'm about 50% for March. Um, pretty slim for April still, but I have that still pretty, you know, price pretty high out there. Um, so I'm ha I'm happy with where I'm at right now. And 
one thing I do like to do, you know, with Price Labs, you can do your, like your base rate, and then you know that's what it uses to to calculate what you know what rate. So if I'm booking, like I'll sit there and kind of like what Joe's saying with like for a couple dollars, I'll I'll like bump it five dollars, then I'll bump my base rate another five dollars, then I'll bump it another five dollars, and then at some point you kind of stop getting bookings, and then um, anyhow, so I kind of do a little bit of that too. Yes, you can uh, always right. go down. You can always go down on price. You can always go down on your price. It's harder to go up. Absolutely. Um, I'm right there with you guys. I'm I'm pretty well booked in March and about half of my April, give or take. Um, maybe maybe less than half in April over across the board. Of course, I do have three beach beach houses, meaning they don't really get booked at all in the wintertime. Um, beach beach, did I just coin a new phrase? Uh, so a beach beach house does not get booked in the winter. Now, Tim, yours are yours are little condos, so you don't have a. You, what about snowbirds? You take a snowbird, or you, you you're not doing that? Yeah, we got snowbird in one, and the other one we just leave on right the now. market. Right now, and when yep. do they leave? Uh, uh, February, end of February. So okay, we we don't we don't let them stay for March. Sometimes um, they do like to stay year, for March. Yeah, sometimes they like to, but uh. We found that uh, March is valuable. <laughs> right. So by then it's time uh, to get 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 on down the road. Uh, yeah. You need to go in yep. and paint staircases and things when the uh, when the when the snowbirds leave, or is you generally in pretty good shape? Uh, no, there aren't any there. So. Oh no, staircases. Okay. No stair. No right. staircases. You, no staircases in the seven hundred square foot condo. Go ahead, Reagan. How did you find your snowbirds that are that are running it? Uh, the one we have right now is actually. Uh, uh uh what's the word inherited <laughs> from when we bought when we bought the place um in the past we've had people reach out from airbnb um and ask to rent it for a long longer period of time um and even the one that we have that's on the open market we have we have some what i call light snowbird lights on there <laughs> and where it's like uh they're booked for like two weeks you know um so would we recommend this on a larger property? I don't find that that's something I'm interested in doing on my beach properties because they are on the larger side and it's just, it just doesn't really happen quite frankly. Um, Joe, do you, do you snowbird in your area at all? I try not to. Your properties are a little to, uh, smaller, I think, right? They are. And so, I mean, it, it's definitely set up pretty well so that it could, but for me, I like the few bookings I do get. I want to keep my cleaning crews busy. Like I want to keep everybody like still, Hey, I'm the one that's trying to make sure we all get fed in the off season. Like, um, it's just not, uh, I like to be able to go in and do work on them too. And if we want to change some staging stuff, get new photos, all that jazz, like that's the best time to do it. Um, I'm doing a sewer line right now because I have an old cast iron pipe that broke and got to get that fixed. And so you can't do that if you're booked up with someone in there and yeah, we like those Two interesting points. The keeping the housekeeper busy is, is big. It is, uh, because they are, you know, I mean, they're not getting much of anything from anybody else at this time of year. And if you can, you throw, you know, if they get a booking here or there, I'm not saying you want to lose money on the booking to keep your housekeeper busy, but that is, it is important. Uh, rehabs. Interesting that you bring that up to me. I think it's a little late to be worried about rehabs for this year, but you, you, yours are already underway. I'm not saying for you personally, but if somebody listening to this is like, Oh crap, I could spend the next month uh, doing this and that. Um, in my opinion, maybe a little late for that, uh, guys, uh, do we, do we have time for last minute, uh, squeeze the juice here on, on, on some rehabs or, or no. Starting one next week. Oh, but it was premeditated, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was planned ahead of time. Yeah. When did you book this person to do the job? Uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. Same here. I've got actually a floor. 
uh, a floor job and ripping out a ripping out one of the uh, infamous Smoky Mountain jacuzzi tubs. My last Smoky Mountain jacuzzi is coming out next week, baby. Heck yeah, uh, we're taking we're taking two that's out. Awesome. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm replacing this is my tiny cabin. It's 600 square feet. I'm replacing it with a washer and dryer. As a matter of fact, oh. uh, it's in the living room, right next to the kitchen, across from the bed, which is also in the living room. And I'm going to put a uh, slab of granite from the same guy that did the kitchen on top of the washer and dryer so that I have more kitchen space on the inside. And then on the outside, they can do their laundry. I think it's going to be awesome. And no nasty ass jacuzzi tub. Is this a heart shaped jacuzzi? It is not heart shaped. I would consider keeping had it They're been heart shaped. I, I, I like think there's going to be a market. There's going to be a vintage market coming for them. One of these I things. like them. I think somebody can we get a can we get a modern? Do they still make these? T- you know what I mean? Every time I see when they're refinish old and nasty. it. Just refinish it up. Get it done refinish red. It? Be yes. beautiful. Um, I want some. There's a market for that. If anybody listening right now is looking for a gig, be become the new Smoky Mountain heart shaped tub guy. Uh, I think that you would. I would do that. I would. Uh, I would they do, do make a jacuzzi that's not like the jet, like you know the old school jets. That's more like um, like in the bottom of the tub, it's got little bitty air holes, and so it like makes the air come, and it's much cleaner, easier to. They're they're expensive, but they're nice. What but about they, they a, what about a heart shaped freestanding tub? Uh, these are all the rage now. The freestanding tubs, uh, almost like a modern version of a clawfoot. Sit together with your feet at the at the end. Absolutely, it's adorable. I, I, I would be into it, man. It's like dumb and dumb. I'm not. <laughs> All right, where the hell were we? What were we talking about? Okay, further into the. the Talk about maintenance, though. Like, so May is what I'm thinking about. So, um, cause like you said, it's kind of too late to get all your, your stuff planned now for, for this slow season. So I already know May is going to slow down a little bit. So I'm, I'm having my cabin stained in May and, um, any other big things. Which is a perfect time for that because they don't like to stain them in the, when it's cold outside. Um, yes. So good call. On and that. I know May's going to be slow anyway, Right, May does slow down. Let's talk about that. Why does May slow down? And uh, is there any? Is, this is probably the time to be preparing for that now. I would assume. So you know, May's gonna slow down because it's after spring break. Everybody's back in school, but people aren't quite let out for the summer yet. People are planning graduations, end of the school. You know, lots always going on in May. So um, it tends to, at least in our market here in the Smokies, it tends to kind of slack off a bit. Fantastic time to come, though, because the weather's beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. And I have another theory. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, we're coming out of February and we are now booked like crazy. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got this little moneymaker out there that I forgot about. And now I don't have to do anything for the rest of the summer. So two months go by and people get comfortable and then they forget all about the fact that May May comes and kind of smacks you in the face. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. I probably should go adjust my prices. So it's one of those, it's a sleeper month, you know, uh, Joe, it looks like you have something. No, no, that's great to know for my uh, mountain ones. I've, I haven't really noticed the slowdown um, with ours in May, but um, it'll be really, I haven't had a full season uh, through the summer in my banner elk ones. So I'll be uh, keep my eyes open for that one. Absolutely. All right. So then let's talk huge, huge holidays, 4th of July. When, what, what, how do we market 4th of July? Do we, is it open? Obviously, probably now. Um, and I, I am open now. My prices are through the roof. I create a season uh, for 4th of July. I don't create a lot of seasons. Uh, I'm talking about on Price Labs, under customizations, you can do a season. Um, I do a season for 4th of July. 
Uh, I do have a season for January and February, and it's based on size of property uh, and, of course, market. And I do not have one right now for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I may implement one this year. I've always kind of stayed away from them uh, because I felt that I could do a better job just doing it myself with the manual override, the black line, uh, or or just paying attention, quite frankly. But lately, I've decided that the uh, the season is probably a good idea uh, as a safety net. You know, uh, as the 4th of July gets closer, I can go in there and say, all right, this season is probably pricing me way too high at this point if it's not booked yet. Maybe I need to maybe turn my season off and, and kind of adjust. So that's kind of how I'm looking at the fourth for right now, because it is, especially in the beach, in the Destin area, in the 30A area where I'm at, it is almost kind of pick your own number, um, you know, to a certain extent. Uh, obviously, you can't go like seven grand a night, but uh, you can go pretty high where I'm at. Um, so I, I do have mine way through the roof offensive high right now. And I plan to leave it there, um, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Any uh, any other thoughts on the big holidays like that, guys? Kind of the same. I just do it different. Um, I just, like I said before, I kind of go on the calendar and manually click those dates, and I do a percentage-based price up. And, With the black uh, lines. That's what I call it. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Okay. So you have <laughs> it black lined right now, or you have it set really high and you'll black line it later? It, no, it's high. It, it, I don't, I don't, I'm not blocking it off usually. Um, some people do that. I just never really have. Um, but uh, it's just set high. No, but by black line, I mean, when you, when you click on price labs and do that manual override, it's got a black line grow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it's doing that right now. So. Oh, you got one right now. See, that hurts my OCD a little bit um, because to me, it's almost like that black line is a band aid, and I need to go in there and sweep it up at some point. Um, I do use them, especially if I'm in a hurry. Um, but uh, and it probably is, quite frankly, the easiest way to do it in most cases. But um, uh, for whatever reason, it, it does hurt my brain a little bit. Uh, Joe, how are you <laughs> handling the Fourth of July right now? Very similar. Um, I'm okay with the fact that I get a majority of my four star reviews on our really high weeks oh, like Lord. that because you we there. charge too much. We charge too much. Um, and it's wonderful because they're willing to pay it. Um, but yeah, they, uh, I do the same thing. We charge it high. Um, it's guaranteed to book. It's just what's going to happen. And, uh, I still like to do what we were talking about earlier where we're a couple months out because at that point, that's when people are really starting to get desperate for it. And so I keep them high and, um, I even let people bring dogs. And so on those ones and, um, we'll charge them extra pet fees for that too. Date specific pet friendly is what you're saying. Uh, it's more of if someone wants to bring, I only let people bring two dogs. If someone wants to bring three or four, um, we'll allow it, but we're going to charge them to do that because no one else will do it. Yeah. Okay. Very, very rare. Very rare. This happens. Very yeah. rare. But Well, yeah, not to that, not to get into the, the review, uh, Pandora's box, but you know, that's another call for another day, but the, the big holiday guests are just not going to leave good reviews. It's just, you know, it's, it's almost impossible um, Reagan, what do you, what do you, what is your strategy, if you will, for 4th of July right now? Well, I don't have it open yet, but I think I might open it now since y'all have been talking about it. Definitely inspired uh, me, but I kind of handle the big holidays the same way Tim does it where, you know, it's just a manual override. Um, but I haven't, um, looked at like the percentage overrides, which I think I might look into. So 
I'll try that out. Because you're six months, so you're you're open till about June 18th right now, I would assume, is yes. right. Is my yes. math is right. So yours will come open in the next two weeks. That's what worries me about having the rolling calendar, is that next thing you know, Fourth of July is open and I forgot all about it. So and that's another reason why the season on Price Labs can be a backup plan because even if it's not available now, if you have a season created in Price Labs, that season will take uh, take effect as soon as those dates do become available. So do you have a season set up or? I don't. No safety but, net. Yeah, no safety net. Okay, then we need to get it open. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. Yes. Or, or, put a, or put a season. That's probably what I would do. Just leave the six but she's, months. But she is 100% in January. Well, let's She see. is. I'm taking yeah. notes. Dude. I mean, that's insane. Everybody, everybody that watches this is going to be hitting you up, just sliding into your DMs being like, hey. <laughs> like, like, it's really good. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It is good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So um, let's talk about the six-week rule. Um, years ago, not that long ago, maybe three years ago, I, I made, one. Of, I think, one of my very first YouTube videos. It was the six-week rule, which was something I lived by for most of my career. Uh, and, uh, and what that is, is I want my calendar to be, be booked six weeks in advance. Uh, and, and that was true all the way up until COVID, uh, COVID wiped that out. 21, uh, slowed it down a little bit, but I didn't really notice. Uh, it wasn't something that be came to my attention. And then 22, uh, most certainly I think everybody will agree. Maybe you don't, but uh, feel free to chime in if you don't. It was more like three weeks. It was like cut in half uh, how far in advance, even on a big property. And I think uh, my take on that, and, and I'd love to hear your guys' take, is that I think that just there was some more options. People couldn't travel overseas for a very long time. They couldn't get on a cruise for a long time. And then, um, so we still did, I still did book very well in 22. I, my numbers, I was very happy with. They were much better than 20 uh, and pretty right on par with 21. And I think we're in an, in other words, it's a, it's a steady incline with a big old bump bump there on 21, but it's not that big on my on my incline. It's just a little bump. Um, and uh, uh, I think what happened was is that more options became available. Uh, and so people were a little more choosy uh, or a little just naturally uh, a little more last minute on where they decided to go. Um, so I think personally that 23 is going to go back into that normal uh, towards the normal uh, direction, which uh, for me is six weeks. Now, again, Airbnb has a statistic um, 30 days in advance or less. Uh, for 90% of all vacations, 30%, 30 days in advance. So one month is really, if you, you, know, if you live by that statistic, uh, you really only care about the next month of your calendar. Now, that is a, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Market, size of property. Arbitrage. If this is a a, a, a hotel or a, a, like a, a apartment building unit that you are putting on Airbnb, your in 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 advance bookings are going to be much faster, you know, less than if it's a big giant house on the beach. You're only going to be like two weeks at some points, maybe. You know, depends on the time of the year. Also depends on your pricing. If your prices are really low, you'll be booked further out. If your prices are where they're supposed to be. That was kind of how we gauged it. If you're if you're booked about six weeks out, you priced your house right, is how I figured it. With these big houses, little more notice than thirty days um, on on these luxury, if you will, the way we do, the way we're doing it here with these big, uh, well, for you know most people's purposes, big, nice houses. 
Uh, where, where do you guys see that going? And were you affected by that in 22? Did you see that they were less in advance? And what's your prediction for this year? Start with Tim. I definitely saw it. I saw. I definitely saw it. Uh, it was we were affected for sure in twenty two. Um, it was much quicker. Uh, a lot more last minute bookings, and shockingly, even on some of uh, we didn't have our big big one open most of the year, but uh, our four bedroom was open, and even that one we got a lot of shockingly last minute bookings in twenty two. Um, as far as prediction goes, I don't. I don't really know. Um, uh oh, we lost him. Lost him. That's all right, Joe. You take over. All right, I'll keep rolling with it. Uh, <laughs> similar track that uh, Tim was getting on, actually, is about how it it feels more like uh, 2019, in all honesty, um, from like the actual booking timelines. But um, 2022 did affect us. It went from you can't stop these people from coming in to, hey, we're going to make all last-minute stuff, especially with the small ones. And, oh, hi, Tim, I can see you again. <laughs> um, but uh, it was the, the same thing. It was within a week on a lot of my really small units of people just at the very last minute. And that has slowly gotten farther and farther back out. Um, it also changed the whole um, switch it back to really more like what a season should be. And so like, I shouldn't expect a hundred percent occupancy in my beach properties in December. Um, it's just not necessarily how it's been. It wasn't how it was before the COVID craze. And so now it just feels a lot more uh, normal. If that makes sense. Reagan. Yeah. So, you know, same thing, you know, I, especially in the summer, I did not expect to have so many last minute bookings over the Smokies. Cause usually, you know, like the six week window, it was usually what I tried to, you know, adhere to. And I had stuff, you know, creep in, in the, you know, two to three week window and I, you know, get a little bit nervous. It would end up booking, but, um, it was definitely a, a much shorter lead time, um, over the summer and the Smokies for me last year. Um, but you know, I'm just trying to focus on that six weeks window for this next year. Let's say I'm a brand new investor. I bought my first short term. I don't own any long terms. So this short term is my only experience in real estate investing. And 21 was my first year. 22 was my first year. 21 was my first year. Okay. Um, and uh, w do we have any words of encouragement for somebody who doesn't know what normal is? Um, and uh, yeah, Tim. Um, biggest thing I'd say is, is these are all, you know, we get in this for a long-term investment, you know, and uh, it, gonna, there's going to be years that are up and down. And uh, so as far as what's normal, you know, you got to own something a long time to, to, to even pick what what's normal in my opinion um so you know you just gotta you gotta work harder at it you know i'll say some years other more than others but really if you work harder at it all the time you're gonna do, generally do well so you just gotta be ready for some ups and downs because they're gonna be there uh when they're when everything's up it makes you feel like a rock star really quick <laughs> absolutely joe any words of encouragement for some noobs yes i'd say daily consistent action and invest it back into yourself as much as you can like absorb more content spend more time like you've got one unit and you're brand new at this like you don't want to be trying to like figure out how to pull yourself out of the system in fact you should really find out how to get yourself more in the system so you can know it better so that then when you get to a point of where you want to pull yourself out of like the day-to-day -day grind of all of it that you can see the people who are doing it right and the people who aren't and so like now's the time to learn, like use this time to really invest in, okay, is it all about that first photo? Is it all about like the phrase I put at the top, like learn all this content, make those little changes because you can do it and you've got the time and 
if nothing else, it's going to push you in the algorithm. So you're going to be more successful. Are we in danger in any way of uh, people uh, listening to us to the point where, um, you know, not us, but, in, you know, the people that are creating content, et cetera, to where all the houses are so awesome that nobody can get booked. Uh, what are your thoughts there? It seems to me like uh, impossible, but I do feel that people are worried about that. Joe. Asking me specifically? Yes. Um, I would say that most people I meet try to slap it on there and do no work and make as much money as they can. And so the amount of poorly done products that are out there compared to the number of ones that are actually done at a really high level, it's it's just no match. I mean, there's so many more people that don't do it well that if you take a little bit of effort, you can beat them. Are you saying that the uh, folks that I'm referring to might not realize they're not doing it well? That's a great question. Um, I would say more so that if, unless you can like get to a point where you're taking some extreme ownership of it, of like, I'm going to make sure that this property is going to do well. If you take that stance with it, you're going to crush it mm. across the board. You could not be successful. If you really took the time to look at the people who are doing well in your market and copy what they're doing, they've already laid it out for you. If you did that alone, you'd do great. I agree. I'm maybe a little too uh, involved in our own little world here because in the grand scheme of things, uh, this is a small world. And uh, and I do get I get discouraged when I see people being down on themselves and on their properties on Facebook, et cetera. But at the same time, I have to believe, like, are you really taking the steps necessary? Uh, because, guys, you've got a, a room with four people in it right here that are telling you, you know, we're uh, for all, not no better way to put it. We're crushing it, quite frankly. Um, and yes, I do agree. It goes back to extreme ownership. Reagan, any advice for, for somebody who just got into this or maybe got into it when it was, you know, raining. So, yeah, so definitely, you know, treating the management of your property as a business, you know, it's not something that you can just set and forget. You always have to be, you know, constantly improving, constantly trying to be better, you know, putting your best foot forward. It's not necessarily all about, you know, being like the best property ever, like, you know, having to renovate, put all this money into and stuff like that. Like it's working with what you have to present the best product that you have, um, be the best manager you can be, be the, you know, have the best listing you can have, always having that, you know, want to improve and want to be better and learning from, you know, we, we, at the short-term shop, you know, have this amazing group of like a buyer's club that you have all this wealth of knowledge from, all these, I mean, it's, there's nothing like it, like in what we do, there's not, no, you know, culmination of the knowledge that we have um, from all of our investors that you can just sit there and just, you know, learn. It's like a, you know, a, like a think tank or I don't know, like it's got, you know, everything you could ever want to know pretty much if you just sat there and read through it all. So um, just always improving, always to be the best you can be would be my. I agree. Advice. The risk of sounding, making that sound like a commercial, the buyer's club is absolutely insane. Um, it, it's the culture in that Facebook group is, is, is second to none. I mean, and it's taken a lot of work and, and from everybody in this room as well. Uh, well, I guess it's a great time to mention all three of these folks are, they sell houses. Uh, that's, that's what they do. Uh, if you want to buy a house, hit them up, man. Uh, and the Smokies, you got Tim and, and Reagan and, and Joe is in Carolina beach. Uh, they'd be more than willing to help you out. And, uh, and we bust our ass, you know, so we're, we're just help, happy to give back. And, and I'm, Reagan, I'm glad you brought, I wasn't going to, uh, but I'm glad you brought up the buyer's club because I get a little <laughs> soft spot, you know, a little tear in my eye because it has been so much work. 
uh, and just early mornings and, uh, and, and, and giving, 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 giving to get that to where it's, uh, to where it is now. And of course, our other big group too, short-term rental, long-term wealth named, of course, from, uh, Avery's book, my lovely wife. All right. Enough with the, uh, with the plugs, if you will, uh, guys, one more exercise before we go here. If you don't mind, please pull up your price labs. Uh, if you have an opportunity, I'd like to hear your low, middle, and high numbers on your properties, also the size of the property and location, and I will start. All right, I've got a, uh, uh, let's go with the, I got a four-bedroom in the Smokies. I got a, again, this is mid-January, guys, so don't, don't hate, don't hate on the hate, don't hate on it, all right, because my prices are going to be a little low in some cases right now. Um, I got a uh, four bedroom in the Smokies, middle number 370, base by middle, I mean base, base number 379. I got a min 179, which is too low, and I have no max. Uh, I've got a two bedroom in the Smokies. I've got a base of 199. I have no min, no max. I'd say that one's probably right where I want it to be right now. I would say I probably adjusted that recently. I have two of those. Won't bother you with the second one. I have a one bedroom in the Smokies, middle number 149, no min, no max. That's a little low. I'll probably bump that by 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, let's go to my beach properties again. It's dead season, which means I'm not really worried about bookings right now, right? So I should probably at this point need to have my numbers. Uh, it's a little weird right now because I need to have like my min number kind of based on what's going on right now because this is dead slow season and that's what the min number focuses on. But my base number needs to be kind of an average of what I have open, which is as of right now, all the way through until uh, about November. So I've got a four bedroom um, in uh, the Forgotten Coast outside of Port St. Joe, base rate 529. I like that number. My min is 189. And I'll be honest, it's not gonna book in January and February for even for 189. It's just not gonna get any eyeballs, but that 529 is gonna come in handy uh, once March starts to kick in. I got a three bedroom townhouse, min uh, 199, base 269. That's a little low. I need to raise that base probably by, by 289. How do I know that? Historical data. I, I listen to Joe, I do, I do what he does um, and uh, and just memorize all this stuff. I did. The, I made the mistake of hitting uh, save and refresh, which as you guys know, takes a minute. Oh, here we go. Four bedroom in Destin. <laughs> Uh, min 239, base 599. I think that's right where I should be right now. That base will s slightly go up here and there, maybe even come down a little bit, maybe around mid-May. But I think that's a pretty good base for my season. Matter of fact, I'm going to look at see what Price Labs. Price Labs has me at 476 market base mid-scale. So I'm higher than that right now. I got a little room to go down on that one, but I don't really have a reason to right now. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. I've got a couple of them in there that are similar properties that I won't bother you guys with. But Tim, what do you have as far as size of property, min, min low, and uh, base? Uh, All right. Base, so, low, and min, whatever, the three numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right. So the beach, the one bedrooms, uh, base is 240. Uh, max is uh, 580. And min is 75 bucks. This and, is a uh, condo? Yeah. How many and, bedrooms? Uh, uh, one bedroom, one and a half bath. Five, how much? 580. Is the max or the min? The, the, the min. max, the max. Okay. okay. Yeah. 240, 240 base. Only time it really hits that max is really peak summertime, but it does it does hit it. Um, and uh, I've actually had to put a max on that just because it'll, it puts it stupid, stupid, stupid high if, without it. Um, 
And also the 75, it hits that right now. I mean, this time of year, we hit the $75 the dollar number, you know. Uh, so anyway, both the condos, those are both the same. So there's two of them at that. Uh, let's go to the 2-2 two, two and the Smokies. 2-2 two, two and the Smokies is a, a 120 uh, min, uh, 240 base with no max. Uh, it doesn't, you know, the, I don't know, for whatever reason, the smoky stuff, I haven't had to put maxes on as many of them. Um, they just seem to be, what's more your base on that? Uh, base is two forty. Okay. I have the same house, similar house. I'm at, I'm at 200. So, uh, yeah. I like where you're at. And if that's working for you, no, no, uh, no wrong answer there. Love it. What else do you have? All right. The three, two and the smokies is actually similar to that one. It's a, it's a two forty base as well. And it's, but they're about the same square footage, uh, house. Uh, just one's got another bedroom. So it's a big two bedroom. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a two bedroom with a loft, is what it truly is. I've been so, in that house. Yes, has uh, a ridiculous view. Your your house is definitely worth. If I'm at two hundred, that house needs to be at two forty at least, because it's yeah. it's much more of a two bed. I mean, that's that's more of a three bedroom really, and it's got a killer view. Yeah, I remember that house. No max on that one. Uh, one forty five min. And the four three. So this is a, a small four three. So it doesn't really have a proper game room. Um, but it's a two hundred men, three thirty five base, and no max. What's so, your base? Uh, three thirty five. Okay, I'm three seventy nine on a four bed, but it is a very large four bed. That's yeah, this three, is a small, a little over three thousand like, square feet on mine. Yeah, mine's just over two thousand. So it's all all stuff you got to take into consideration. Joe, uh, you got too many properties. Don't do them all. Give us some highlights. Number one, disconnect um, price labs from it directly. And then uh, I've got minimums for my uh, my one bedrooms and two bedrooms in Carolina Beach. Minimums are about 75. Base is about 199. And then if you're up in Banner Elk, the minimums are at 80. The base is 149. And I don't have maxes on any of them. Talk to me why you went small on these properties rather than mid or large. Uh, uh, size of property I'm talking about. Uh, cost of entry originally. Okay. Yeah. That was the main reason behind it. And then I got my groove from when we got started. We we knew small properties in and out. We're like, let's not recreate the wheel. Let's just do what we do best and start picking them up. Love it. Uh, my early days, I also was buying small because if, I didn't have any money. Uh, and uh, and then as I grew, I did start getting a little bit larger uh, properties. Uh, and then, of course, eventually grew into multifamily. But uh, but I do love those small one ones, day. man. What's that? I'll grow up one day. Well, you're already there. You got a six unit, you know, for, for, you know, all purposes, that is a six unit. So, um, you're already there. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, but I do agree with what I'm in hindsight, what I'm saying is, is that my, my goal was to get to the bigger property, but, um, I, I, I just love my little, my little cabins, man, especially that little one that I'm ripping out the tub. That thing is, I don't even have to think about it. It's, it's gravy. Uh, Reagan, where are you at on yours? So my min is 200, my base is 415, and I don't have a max set. And so that's on a three bedroom, but it's in a really nice neighborhood. Um, I have a view, so that, that kind of area commands a little higher rate. Wow. Now you're you're fully booked January. Can you pull up or do you, do you know what, what kind of price per night you were getting for the January on this thing? So like 200 was my lowest. I, I don't have like an average. 200 was my min, and then I've got like some 298. To... In January on a three bedroom. Yes. This is a nice house, huh? 260, 287, 282. Yeah. I, I, I want to be like her when I grow up. That's incredible. 
Love it. But you know, right, going back to like the smaller properties though. So I started with, you know, the smaller property and then sold it and intended to 1031 exchange it into a large property um, that things didn't work out. But anyway, but that um, is a way, you know, a stepping stone for people that, you know, if you do, if, if your barrier to entry is, you know, obviously money, you know, these things cost a lot of money. So start with the smaller property, get your feet wet, kind of it's your, you know, you know, college 101, you know, how, how to run a short-term rental. And if you want bigger properties, use them as a stepping stone. All right, guys, listen, uh, you said it all. We've done it all. Uh, give me a quick, uh, a good book uh, that you've read recently, Tim. No pressure. <laughs> um, good book I've read so far or recently. recently I don't know. Yeah. My brain, my brain hurts right now. I'm not coming up with one. Come, come back to me. <laughs> all right, Joe, what a good book you've read recently. I have been listening to uh, Do the Impossible by Jason Dries. Oh, that's the new book uh, he did. What was his big book? Yep, that's it. Getting, uh, getting well, a little mindset big, in He there. had a big book. Ooh, what was his other his book? book um, uh, 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 it's about negotiating. Uh, uh, oh, that was Chris Voss. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, did you have another one? Another great book. No, that's it. I'm good right now. Reagan, any books you've read recently that were awesome? So I've been trying to, you know, make myself, improve myself as a real estate agent. And one of our amazing um, agents, Derek Tellier, um, he recommended this book. So I've been reading it to the millionaire real estate agent. So it's about changing minds and being the best you can be. So I actually read that book, even though I am not an agent and it is awesome. I'm, I currently read, I recently read a book I would like to throw out there. I read uh, Mel, uh, Mel Robbins book, uh, Take Control of Your Life. And I am not afraid to admit that on the internet. It's a fantastic, I'm a big Mel Robbins fan. She also wrote the five second rule. Um, but I just read, that's her, her biggest book, take control of your life. Just finished it yesterday. Fantastic. Tim, did you have one for us? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the, the wealthy gardener. Um, that's just, I just finally, that was actually just kind of, I list, I, that's when I listened to the first part a couple times and just finally wrapped it up. So it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Great book. I actually just had this conversation a little while ago with somebody and I, we neither one of us knew for sure. Did, did you fancy that a fiction book? Uh, is it, is it fiction or is it a true story? I assumed it was fiction, but I did too, I don't know. but uh, I don't know that we have a way to prove that. We'll have to Google it. Anyway, you guys are fantastic. <laughs> we didn't even get to fall. I guess we'll have to do another pricing call uh, at the end of the summer ish. Uh, but long story short, I think they wrap it up. The more you pay attention, the more money you're going to make. As simple as that. We are managing properties here. But at the same time, guys, don't overthink it. You know, you're just managing a property. Uh, do, do what you got to do to put the asses in the seats, and good things will happen. Thank you guys so much for your time, and we'll see you soon.